Welcome into this week's edition of The Quarterback Room. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined as always by Rod Babers. Uh, Rod, we got, got a lot to talk about this week. Um, we're going to start, obviously, Sark had his press conference Thursday at 11. So what we want to, by the time this airs, Texas fans will have heard, a lot of Texas fans will have heard the injury report, but I want to kind of go through that again. Yep. Um, you know, Sark, uh, obviously Quinn Ewers is out this week. Sark announced Malik Murphy as the starter Thursday. So Malik Murphy gets his first college football start Saturday against 5-2 and two BYU at DKR. Um, but you know, so we don't believe Ethan Burke is going to play this week. Um, actually we know he's not going to play this week. Uh, Jalen Callon, we don't believe is going to play this week. Then there was the laundry list of others. Um, uh, they went through, uh, somebody asked a question at the press conference, Alfred Collins, Cole Hudson, Gavin Holmes, Ryan Watts, um, and the list goes on and on. I thought it was interesting that Sark, I, I got the feel impression from Sark that he thought Ryan Watts should be good to go this week. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And so before we get into quarterbacks, I mean, just having Ryan Watts back, um, you know, what do you think that does for the Texas secondary? Let's say Jalen Catalan's out, but mm -hmm. Ryan Watts is at least back. We we know John A. Barron's not going to be 100%, but just the return of Watts, uh, what does that do for you? Uh, oh, it's huge, right? One, one of the big issues in the back, uh, in the back end with the DBs is communication. Right, and they're having a, a, issues communicating. They're, they're not on the same page. Back when I was playing Coach Aquino, we would call it being hive-minded. All right, we got to be a hive mind, all thinking along the same accord, all seeing the same things, reacting the same way, everybody reading the same keys. And there's a lot of you know, things lost in translation, lost in communication back there on the back end. When you have veteran players who played a lot of snaps, who played together a lot, that's Ryan Watts. Uh, that's a guy that can help in those communication issues. And you had one of those breakdowns, even in the U of H game, uh, passing off uh, receivers in coverage, which is, you know, something that goes back to their issues in two minute defense. Uh, that's communication and coordination. Their issues uh, defending bunch formations or closely clustered groups of receivers. That's been a problem, even with U of H and even Oklahoma game. Uh, that's about communicating. That's about, hey, man, uh, if you're going to tango it, if you're going to uh, play levels, if you're going to uh, take take the uh, take the first man, the man on point, if you're going to, there are different techniques. Uh, to play these uh, closely clustered groups of receivers in Texas doesn't always seem to be playing the same technique all on the same page. So all the players, veteran players, they they usually have less communication issues and breakdowns. Those usually happen with some younger players, and you got a lot of younger players playing in the secondary right now. Well, and then and you mentioned it. We're going to get into BYU, but BYU does run bunch formation. So having that physicality of, of Ryan Watts back could be key there. When BYU's looking at an area they can attack Texas in. Yeah, especially if you're running, you know, if you're on a bunch formation with trips. Um, yeah, exactly. usually, trip yeah. yeah. If you're running that, usually the uh, technique would be someone takes point man and yes. then you can play and point man would be whoever's on the line of scrimmage. That would be a DB on the line of scrimmage to play bump and run on that player. And that's your man. You're matching him. All right. That would be your man. You take him out of the equation and you would try to get your hands on him at the line of scrimmage to really cancel them out. And then the other two defensive backs could either play tango, which is inside, outside cuts. All right. Whoever takes the inside cut, outside cut, or you can play levels. Uh, one guy takes the shallow cut. One guy takes the deeper cut. So there are different ways you can play it. But uh, in that situation, Ryan Watts, who is your best kind of jam press corner, he'd be really good and being able to kind of reroute and redirect that raw receiver at the line of scrimmage and then really stalemate 
uh, that bunch formation and, 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 and clear and, up the picture for the DVs. Last thing on that, what Ryan Watts does very well, Rod, for me, it was with that size, that strength. He does a good job not getting leveraged on the inside, right? He keeps his outside leverage, whether it's against the run, in those bunch sets, and he turns everything back into his defenders, right? Yeah. That's really his strength against the run or if it's a tripped bunch set. is That is where I think Texas has missed him. Not that you know they've been attacked in that, uh, in that manner, but he has proven – there to be a difference maker in that area. Yeah, no doubt. And he's also one of your better tacklers. And yes. Texas has missed a lot of tackles situationally, especially in two-minute drill in the last two weeks. Uh, that could be something else that I think Ryan Watts would definitely help with, no question. All right, now it's uh, time to get into the quarterbacks uh, because that is uh, going to be largely the focal point of Texas fans Saturday along with health and his team. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian announced at his Thursday uh, media press availability that Malik Murphy will, in fact, be the starter. He said it Monday. If the game was Saturday, Malik would be the starter. I think Malik made, made it through the week this week, right? Because he missed a day of practice last week before the Houston game. Undisclosed. Sark did not say why. So you would understand why Sark just doesn't come out and say, oh, yeah, he's going to start the game Monday. Um, he's obviously had a little bit of a, a, a lingering issue of some sort. But so Malik Murphy takes the ball, first start, Saturday DKR, 100,000 people there. Um, it's probably the moment he's been waiting on his whole football life. I think that would be pretty easy to say, right? Um, but, Rod, let's talk about it. I mean, a lot of times, okay, when Quinn Ewers transfers from Ohio State to Texas, his first college game as a starter is against UL Monroe. He throws a pick, I think, on his first or second series, right? He gets that out of the way, gets it out of the way, ready to move on. An interception doesn't hurt you. You know you're going to win the game against UL Monroe. Uh, but Steve Sarkeesian said the ball is a premium Saturday. Mm -hmm. He understands that he has a first-time starting quarterback that's not going up against the G5 opponent. They're going up, even though BYU's a first-year uh, Power 5 opponent, but a legitimate Power 5 opponent that's 5-2 and two, that is – essentially one games with takeaways this year because they aren't moving the ball offensively. They're yeah. 124th out of 130th. Uh, so just everything in front of Sark, um, I mean, everything in front of Murphy, kind of what Sark said about that and kind of your thoughts on Malik taking the ball for the first time before we get into maybe what he does really well and how Sark can use him to maximize his talent. You know, I will say this for the first time in a long time, you know, usually when Longhorn fans have to deal with a quarterback change for whatever reason, productivity or performance or for injury of some kind, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of pessimism. This, it, this is new because there's not a lot of pessimism right. about the quarterback change. Now, of course, everybody wishes Quinn Ewers was a starter and never got hurt and he'll be back. Um, but there's more of uh, this, uh, really this, um, I would say it's anticipation yeah. that Lohan fans have to see Malik. Well, we had a good spring game, right, Rod? I mean, yes, he right? dazzled in the spring game. It doesn't matter if it was against walk-ons or not. He still dazzled the tool, the tools and the and oozed the talent in the spring game. Yeah, and and honestly, you got to go back to the quarterback controversy that I went through with Sims and Applewhite. There was anticipation to see Sims. Like people oh, wanted no to see him. You were like, no, I want to see, I want to see what he's got. I want to see what he's got. So that was one of those situations where people were optimistic, even when there was an injury or you know, Mac was moving quarterbacks around and rotating quarterbacks. Longwood fans are excited for Malik and they're excited to see Malik. Um, and I think the reason is because the multiple times that we have seen Malik, or at least reportedly, 
uh, Malik has had an opportunity to hit the transfer portal and leave to go with, to go play somewhere else or take a bag somewhere else. Uh, he didn't do that. Uh, that happened after the Quinn Ewers commitment. He probably could have done it then, did not. After the Arch Manning commitment, people thought he would. He didn't. After the spring game where he had shows out, reports were a lot of schools were interested and probably made inquiries. He stayed at Texas. He really liked Sark. He believes Sark can make him the best version of himself as a quarterback. And he's got that competitive sickness. I think he believes that he's as good, if not better, than the other quarterbacks in that room. And he's been waiting on an opportunity to prove it. And the football gods have rewarded him uh, for his loyalty and for his commitment and for his dedication. He's going to get his chance. I'm excited for him, too. It's weird. Usually, like I said, people be freaking out by now. But when fans weren't freaking out, that's a testament to how Sark built the roster, but also a testament to, I think, what people believe uh, Malik is capable of. And, and, you know, a couple things there, Rod, totally agree. And now, look. The backup quarterbacks normally the the always the favorite player on for college football fans. That's just reality, right? I mean, yeah. if when with what you th- went through, if Major threw a pick early. Like, ah, I got to get Sims in. What are we doing, man? Sims comes <laughs> in, throws a pick. Ah, yeah. but here, so here's the thing. This is a penthouse to the outhouse situation. We hope Malik Murphy does very well because if he comes in and struggles and BYU's up in the fourth quarter. Boy, all those people that loved him are suddenly be saying it's time for Arch because he's the kind <laughs> of Malik. So yeah. that's hey, that's the life of a quarterback. But exactly. That, so, and I think fans are fascinated always by quarterbacks with huge arms. That mm-hmm. it just oozes that talent, and it you know it doesn't matter how you look at the quarterback position. It's like in baseball. Kyle Schwarber hits 197, but he hit 45 home runs. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're like you're fascinated with the long ball. And yep. with quarterbacks still to this day, as much football as you watch, you're fascinated with arm talent that's elite. And you want to say, what can that arm talent do with when he ever gets an opportunity? Well, the arm talent's going to get an opportunity. So the question I have for you, Rod, how does Sark use it? Because he's different than Quinn. I, we were talking yeah. – I was talking with Bobby offline, or maybe it was on Coffee and Football. You know, all the quick game horizontal stuff, Quinn is – super quick getting the ball out of his hand, could do it from all angles. He could throw the thing from under his hip and still be accurate. That's not really what Malik does at his strength. So Sark's going to have a different plan for Malik than he had for Quinn. Um, I know we're kind of spitballing here, but what we've seen of Malik, what do you think his strengths are in the passing game? Yeah, uh, it's very interesting because I agree with you 100%, right? Quinn – his touch and his accuracy are probably, you know, two of his best traits and assets as a as a passer, which is why Sark would utilize that intermediate passing game yep. so much. And you write those quick throws, the uh, off-platform throws. Where it's like your shortstop turning too, right? Exactly. He can make all those types yep. of throws. Uh, when you talk about arm talent, I totally agree. Malik, though he has arm talent Sark says he has the strongest arm in that quarterback room it's a different kind of arm talent right it is a it's all it's a he's a power thrower right, right? He's it's, a, he's a, it's I need a clean pocket step in and the ball's gonna whistle through the wind I'm gonna launch it honestly Sims was closer to that yes he was now, and the challenge for those types of passers usually is can they add the touch can they add the accuracy when necessary if you're just talking about them being able to get the ball from point A to point B, oh, there's no doubt they'll get it there. 
and they'll get it there with a lot of velo, with a lot of velocity on the book on the football. But the question always will be, are they trying to force it through that really small window because they know with their arm they got a chance to get it there? Or are they going to provide the necessary touch to be able to make a more accurate throw, an anticipatory throw to lead the wide receiver to the right place? With the, and that's in Sark's offense, that's what it's about, right? He calls it the run right. to daylight philosophy. So I wonder if you'll have more throws that are big target, big window throws from a league instead of him having to make that really nice throw, that perfect throw with the right touch on it. It's just a big window throw where he is essentially manipulating a one-on-one matchup. Sark is that's RPOs coming to play there too, right? Where you can get a, a, just a, a wide open window for him. He doesn't have to make really tight window throws and tough throws. He can make those, I'm not saying he can't, but early on to get his confidence up. I yeah. think those are the types of plays we're talking about. And that, uh, that goes with the, the, the running game because Sark wants to accompany that with play action pass. He wants to go heavier personnel in doing that. So I wouldn't be surprised as now we're talking about presenting power personnel packages yes. and pivoting to play action pass principles. So yes. we're talking about 12, uh, 21, one back, two tight ends, two, 21, two backs, one tight end, CJ Baxter and Jay Brooks in the same backfield. We've already seen him talk about the pony package. You can see more of that. So I last year with Rojo and Bijan, you can see more than six O line package, big 11, big 12. And then once you establish the run, once they react to it, once they start to defend the run and you get favorable matchups on the outside, then you get your big window throws. All right. We're talking about RPOs, play action pass, shots downfield. And I think you can see the deep ball come back. Quinn, Quinn can make all the throws, but he wasn't, he wasn't an accurate, all the time an accurate deep ball throw. It's not a natural strength for him. I'm sure with reps, he can learn it and get better at it. But that wasn't a natural strength for him. With Malik, it may be more of a natural strength. Maybe something that translates for him. And we know Sark loves the deep ball. He dialed it back because he knew it was being counterproductive to what he was trying to do with the offense in Quinn because it wasn't a strength for Quinn. But we don't know with Malik, it may be a strength. And if it is, Sark's going to bring it back early and often. Well, Rod, that's the question I have. But because I really believe the Alabama game when Texas hit when Quinn hit Worthy and then he hit Mitchell, I think teams looked at that and said, "Whoa, Texas is running by Alabama guys and Quinn and and Quinn hit those guys. We can't we got we can't play them like Alabama played them." Yep. So here's the question that's always interesting with a first time starting quarterback for me: Do you bring the house and tr- just try to make him uncomfortable? But if you don't and pass protection's good, then the guy with the big arm is going to have opportunities to put seven yeah. on the board. Or Worthy misses a guy, makes a guy miss, a la Wyoming, and it's a touchdown, right? Because BYU does not have speed to run with Xavier Worthy. Um, or do you play a little more conservative and you sit back? Uh, look, uh, obviously, everybody knows how to play Sarkin. Um, how they make it where Sark's offense struggles more so than others. But how do you play the first time quarterback? Do you try to do you try to blitz him? Do you try to bring the heat? Try to get him, make him as uncomfortable as possible, and put yourself in a position to give up one of those big plays deep. Um, yeah. Or do you, or do you go to the uh, uh, more of the zone coverage and more of the uh, three high and um, and the things that have caused Texas issues? I think you do both. I yeah. think you have the advantage now if you're BYU to do both. You have an advantage, right? Because you don't have to worry about a veteran quarterback who has recall, who's seen those things in real yes. life reps. They haven't. So you definitely – first of all, we already know half of the opponents that have played Sark, they've thrown out 
yeah. something on, on game day that he hasn't seen on film that he hasn't prepared for. He sees it as a compliment, and he's right. It is a compliment. That means teams see it as a big game because in big games, you break tendency to win big yeah. games. They play Texas, big game. They, they break tendency, and, it, and it's working, by the way. It's working against Texas a little bit, forcing Texas to have to adapt on the fly. So if you are BYU, you got to do if you don't throw If you don't show them something – you know, on the on game that he hasn't seen on no. film, then you guys aren't doing your research as coaches, no. No. right? And no statistically, also the three high, three down defense does work. So you may not major or minor in it, but against a young quarterback like Malik, if a veteran quarterback like Quinn and other quarterbacks struggle versus it with spread sets, then it definitely will be a part of the repertoire. If you know, if you're not going to break it out like U of H did on the first drive. <laughs> because statistically the stats and analytics show you Sark's offenses, they underperform uh, compared to when he plays other defensive structures. Uh, so I think I'm not saying you're going to see it, but I said U of H would break it out and U of H broke it out. So I think if you, and you blitz him, he's a young quarterback. Well, <laughs> he yeah. hasn't seen it. <laughs> Look, Rod, I think pass protection for Texas is, is the premium Saturday. I really believe yep. that. I, I think they're going to be effective enough running the football. I think pass protection is massively important for Texas on Saturday. Because before we move on, I want to ask what you saw defensively from BYU when you watched them schematically. But I think just, again, Malik Murphy's a pocket passer. That's what he is. I think people just see this big guy and say, okay, well, he'll just take off and run. That's not what Malik is. Malik is a pocket passer. Sark recruits pocket passers. So, yep. I mean, so pass protection, first-time starting quarterback, I think is going to be at a premium. And one thing Malik has is somebody hits him, he doesn't go down. He can still no. he can still, he can can still, still stay balanced and get rid of a football, but those could be forced throws. So pass protection is a premium. But when you watch that BYU, before we get to Keaton Slovis and the BYU offense, and we'll end with K.J. Lacey visiting Texas, just our thoughts on K.J., um, what do you see from BYU defensively, schematically? Anything that you saw that kind of uh, you said, okay, I'm taking note of this for Saturday? Uh, yeah, nothing special about what BYU. I mean, they 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 play they played man coverage. Uh, you'll see them, you know, mix it up and and play some quarters. Uh, they they don't do anything too special. I expect something different though in this game. Um, they if I they don't play three high at some point, would it shock you? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Mm, if they don't present it, yeah, it would shock me. At least at least on third down, situationally. Yeah. They'll just yeah. break it out on third and longs. Right. I'd be a little surprised. But yeah. Just because the, the, the film study would show you that 
it's effective. But they may decide, hey, this is what we do. We're going to do what we do. And if they're doing that, that's probably the wrong approach versus Sark. And you said throwing out something that he's unfamiliar with is probably the best way to go, especially with a young quarterback. But what I like about BYU's defense is they take the ball away. Yeah. Um, they got they got good ball savvy players on that side of the ball, and they don't necessarily gamble that much. They just when those sort of turnover worthy plays that they're involved in, they actually cash in on them and maximize them. Yeah. The ball is on the ground, or there's an errant throw or a tip pass. They get their hands on the ball and they cash in. That's why they got 16 takeaways on the season. That's what they do really well. That's what could derail this for a young quarterback. And that's why I, if I'm their defensive coordinator, I would blitz. I would throw a lot of different looks at a young quarterback. You got to try to get him in third and long, though. You got to try to get him in passing situations. No I think Stark's going to try to run the rock early and often. You get If you can stop the run early and force them to throw it, and then you have a young quarterback and you know he's in a predictable pass situation, that's when I think you can see them give some really exotic looks. Yeah, and, and the other thing, that that's a great point, Rod. And look, I mean, it, this it, important for uh, uh, Malik here is – the to be very cautious with the football in this game and I think Sark it, it's such a fine line for Sark that you want your quarterback to be aggressive and, but you also want him to protect the football so it, it's a fine line for a coach there you don't want to take a quarterback's aggressiveness away especially a guy that is has that type of arm talent but you also have to place a premium on protecting the football so that'll be very very interesting to see Saturday Sark's approach offensively with Malik um and, and then uh, I think pass protection is going to be huge uh for Texas Saturday all right moving on to Keaton Slovis uh BYU quarterback he's been around a long time uh, yep. hey Texas fans you're not facing quarterback run game this week if you did it's probably not with Slovis in the game he's negative 250 career rushing yards through five and a half seasons of college football he started his career at USC, went to Pitt, now at BYU. Um, Roddy's not, he, you know, people say, well, he, he's experienced, so he gets the ball out quick. I think to get the ball out quick is more, he's seen everything, like you say. There's yeah. nothing that really shocks him this, at this point. So that enables him to get the ball out of his hand quicker. But he's not really a necessarily a quick release quarterback on tape. Uh, what have you seen from uh, Keaton Slovis and, uh, you know, kind of talk about the Texas defense, how they can schematically, it's different this week, not facing a QB run game threat. Yeah, when I watched Keaton Slovis, um, you know, you could tell he's got good pocket presence, actually, yes. and pocket, you know, and I think that's because he's played so long. Right? Right. Uh, he's seen a lot of football. He's got great recall, so nothing really panics him in the pocket. Uh, I, I like that about his game, but there's a reason he actually has regressed statistically as a passer. Um, every year, even though he's been a starter for three different yeah. programs, you know, he's kind of regressed as a as a passer every year. And I think most of that is due to he's he's not he's he's quick with the football, but not necessarily deadly accurate with the football. Right. It doesn't have the strongest arm. There's no elite trait yes. about his game, or at least right now. Maybe at one point there was, but right now there's no elite trade about his game. And he's, as Jerry mentioned, not a dual threat quarterback. So the issues that you've had to deal with the last two games, Donovan Smith and dealing with Dylan Gabriel, both quarterbacks that can hurt you with their legs. Donovan Smith didn't do it as much, uh, but Dylan Gabriel did. But either way, the threat of it still affects your game plan. You still have to construct your game plan differently when you're defending one of those quarterbacks. you got to stay disciplined in your pass rush lanes so your defensive lineman can't just tee off uh, on, on the quarterback. 
They have to do it in a very disciplined fashion, all right, that affects the guys and their ability to rush the passer. And also your linebackers are usually preoccupied, eyes in, in, their, in constant conflict, eyes occupied, because yeah. they're looking at the quarterback instead of dropping back into their, their coverage areas, which is what they didn't do versus U of H. You didn't get any hold defenders at all because the linebackers, you know, get sucked up into the action or they were blitzing or they had the running back and they got sucked up either way. That, that linebacker area, you not no help at all from the DBs when you've got those drag routes, those over routes, and those under routes. So I think a lot of that is the same stuff you're going to see um, from, uh, hey, from hey, that being, here's I got a prediction for everybody. Jalen Ford has a good game Saturday. I, I, Jalen yeah. Ford has a good he, – he gets the – I think he's going to get the play to his natural strengths a little bit more against BYU. I think I, – I think I expect Jalen Ford to have – for some Texas fans, we'll call it a bounce back game, but I think a I I, I look for Jalen Ford to have a very good game Saturday against BYU. Um, Rod, I mean, anything schematically? I mean, look, if they don't attack Texas, if, if BYU didn't attack Texas the same way U of H did, then they're not watching tape, right? But they do yep. run a lot of mesh, right? Um, they only give up one point two nine sacks a game. I think that's twofold. One, they do they are offensive line pass protection is a strength of theirs. Um, and, and Slovis has played a lot of football, but also they're not a deep shot necessarily, necessarily type of team no. because they don't have the vertical guys on the outside. When Slovis started his career at USC, he threw the ball down the field a lot. Texas fans go watch on YouTube his 2019 highlight video at USC early on. They threw the ball downfield a lot, but you also had the USC offensive line. You had the USC talent at wide receiver. It's different look at BYU. Yep, totally agree. It's more of a, you know, the passing game is more of a short to intermediate game um, in terms of the passing game. There and, and he, Keaton Slovis is comfortable uh, in this offense. He really is. I mean, you can tell. Like I said, he's his pocket presence. I like the way he operates the offense. Uh, I think they got like three receivers. Uh, they're nothing like U of H's receivers. They're not explosive. Uh, right. I think Lasseter might be one of my favorite ones. He's a he's a really good receiver for them. Might be the toughest, I think, to guard in man coverage. Uh, but I, I think this is a great test for Texas because Keaton Slovis is competent. If Texas is once again undisciplined uh, in their in their coverage responsibilities, if they don't have great communication, if the defense is not coordinated, meaning the coverage with the front. Keaton Slovis will make Texas pay. He will. Yes. He's good enough to do that, which means if they don't defend bunch formations and closely clustered groups of receivers really well, they're not defending the drag routes and the crossing routes. Sark even talked about it. They're going to run a bunch of those. Um, if they're not good in two-minute drill, right, uh, they, can hurt, they can hurt him there because he's a veteran quarterback that's operated that crisis situation a lot. So he's not going to panic, uh, even though Texas defensive backs panic a lot of time in that situation. So – I think this the reason it's a good test that I like because a lot of the stuff that U of H did empty formation, uh, U of H ran a ton of empty formation, average yes. damn near nine yards per attempt yes. in their empty formation uh, last week versus Texas. They they love empty formation. They run a lot of it. They run a lot of bunch. They run a lot of crossing routes. So it essentially is a it's a quiz for Texas uh, to see if they can do better on the test that the defense pretty much failed versus U of H, which is can you handle a lot of these passing concepts that these past first teams like Oklahoma and like U of H 
have hurt your secondary with. Injuries are a big part of it, though. If they get healthy, I think it'll solve some of the issues. But these past first teams, and I wouldn't be surprised if BYU comes out. Maybe that's how they break Tennessee inside and go, you know what, man? We're throwing first. Yeah, right, that's our best shot. We come out and run against Texas like U of H did. We'd be down 21 nothing before we can blink. We come right. out and throw in the football. Right. <laughs> if, if BYU says our offensive line will hold up against Texas defensive front, which I think they will, then I expect to see a lot of empty and a lot of uh, throwing of the football early. Yep, the test in Texas secondary. Let's yep. see who's healthy. Who's game ready? Linebackers, how are y'all doing this week after last week? How, exactly. are, those, how are those cobwebs? How'd that week go? <laughs> But no if our offensive line can hold up against the, the, your defensive line, and we know how to try to attack you. And, and yep. that's the key is, is Texas going to get any pressure against the team that is pretty good uh, in pass protection? I think that'll be interesting. All right, Rod, we're going to end today with K.J. Lacey. Big visit for Texas this weekend. Obviously, the 2025 quarterback commitment out of Sarah Land High. Uh, top 50 prospect type prospect in the country. I went down to Sarah Land, saw him earlier this year. Saw him in June at seven on seven. Um, you know, we talk about Malik Murphy's gamesmanship. KJ Lacey's got that same gamesmanship, mm-hmm. but he's got that Quinn Ewers type of can throw it from any angle. Um, got a lot of talent, man. This kid is very talented. Um, he's going to be in town. The question is, is Ryan Williams going to come with him? The five-star receiver committed to Alabama. I think we'll know by tonight uh, or, or by Thursday night if that's going to happen. Um, so we'll see if Ryan Williams makes that trip. It was a maybe uh, as of Thursday morning, the last I heard. Uh, but but K.J. Lacey, we talked about him on the quarterback room a few weeks ago. You know, just thinking back on that, Rod, what did you like about K.J. Lacey? Because here's the crazy thing. Um, A.J. Milway was at his game last week. But just think about the, the talent in the quarterback room at Texas Saturday. Yeah. And when I say quarterback room, I'm saying when K.J. Lacey walks into uh, Moncrief Newhouse and, and he's kind of hanging out with those guys, uh, you know, in, in, a Q, in the QB room or something before game, um, it's going to be Quinn. It's going to be Malik. It's going to be Arch. And it's going to be K.J. Lacey. Hey, hell, Trey Owens may be there, too. I don't know. But that's a lot of talent in one quarterback room. I don't care if you're yeah. visiting or not. But what were your thoughts on K.J. thinking back on it, watching him play? What did you like about it? Uh, love the way he throws the ball on the move. I remember that watching yeah. uh, the film. Love the way he throws the ball on the move. And I like the way he operates off schedule. I know Sark's not a big, really a big fan of quarterbacks having to operate off schedule. That's not something that he bakes into the offense. Um, he wants guys to be on schedule, on time, and pretty much rhythm throws. But, man, when the play breaks down, KJ Lacey can, can save the day for you. He can put his cape on. He's one of them dudes. Um, yes. Love that about his game, man. I love that about his game. So, uh, and you know, uh, we got a chance to to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, and oh man, I love his personality too. He's one. He's got. He, he you can tell that he he he's been at a natural leadership position, and he's accustomed to being the guy that's the you know the 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 biggest personality in the room. Yes. And, and that's no good for quarterback because Texas. Honestly, I know that sounds like a small thing. But think about it. We've had quarterbacks like Hudson Card and like right. even Quinn yours who said they had to work on those things. Like, hey, yes. I got to work on being a vocal leader. Not and nothing wrong with that, by the way. Yeah. That's just not me naturally. That's not how I lead, and that's perfectly fine. It wasn't but, natural for Tyrone Swoops. He struggled with that. Exactly. But a quarterback at Texas, of all places, struggle with that. You yes, you got it. That's one of the things you're gonna have to. Like, everybody wants part of. Everybody wants your time. Every guy on the team wants to have a conversation with the starting quarterback. You know, every member of the media wants to talk to you. You have to be that type of leader. And some guys got to work on it. He doesn't. 
it's something that comes naturally to the young man. Honestly, like Malik. Malik, yeah. that comes naturally Malik's to him. He's he's, he's, yeah, and, and so I want to say this. I'm not going to say the quarterback's name was, but to Rod's point, I once uh, got in the car, drove to high school to see a kid that Texas was probably going to take at quarterback. Uh, it's in the Mac Brown era. Um, and it was the first time I met the kid. The kid walked up to me and gave me a dead fish handshake and looked at the ground. I literally, after that, uh, left and called somebody and said, this guy can't will not make it at, at playing quarterback at Texas. Not that Texas. first impression was everything, and he did not make it at quarterback at Texas. He was not nearly as good a player as his ranking or people would have thought he would have been. That exactly. is so true what Rod said. To yep. take the ball in front of 100,000 at a Blue Bloods school, you got to be a little different animal now. You got to have a different mentality, a different personality. All right, well, that's this week's edition of the Quarterback Room. Uh, going to be exciting for Texas fans Saturday. First chance to truly look at Malik Murphy because this point is 4-8. Yeah. Uh, now – Here's the ball. There's 100,000 people. Here's the six and one. Your six and one teammates ranked seven in the country. Here's a five and two team across from you that Steve Sarkeesian used to play for and does not want to lose to. And yeah. no way does Steve Sarkeesian want to walk the midfield and shake the hand of BYU coaches as the losing coach Saturday. Oh, man. No pressure, Malik. Go have fun. Enjoy your moment, man. <laughs> for Rod Babers, this is Cherry Hamilton. This has been this week's edition of the Quarterback Room. Welcome.